Nice intro. Okay, welcome today to the Cybersecurity Insider. My name is Igal Behar. Today I have with me Seth as my favorite guest. Hi, Seth. What's going on? How you doing, Igal? And I'm your, you're my favorite host. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm happy that both we have uh, some sort of an agreement here. And I think we have some technica technical difficulties with the internet. It's not exactly going very well. So we'll try to make it uh, function. Okay, so I have a few things and let's see how we get going. So I prepared a few things here. And so ransomware again is on the news. And so well, what do you say? Give me your, uh, your input here. Um, it's gonna keep happening. It's it's like, you know, you, you hear people getting their, you know, cars getting broken into and they keep leaving their doors open. So, it, you know, it, I feel the same way. It's like, it's inevitable when this stuff keeps happening because people leave their car doors open. So there's going to be ransomware. And, and I'm not saying that there's not a group of guys out there that are breaking in and doing things just like there are guys out there stealing cars, breaking into them and just taking them away. There are just low-level crimes that are being done and people are leaving the doors open for them. <laughs> so I think that's a large percentage. If not 51%, maybe 60% of the ransomware are done because people are not doing the bare minimum. Okay, I don't know if you're aware to the latest uh, breakout. Uh, actually, the FBI issued the flash um, a report notifying uh, trusted partner, this is how they call it, and typically those are colleges, seminaries, and, and uh, what's it called, the um, a, a, a schools that they are vulnerable or they are being targeted by specific uh, act, um, threat actor and trying to steal information. Once they steal the information, then they go and encrypt the data. And the reason that they first uh, steal the data and then encrypt, because if you remember back in the days, you just encrypt the data and said, okay, pay us the money. And people won't pay or they would pay. But now when you steal the data, you extract the data from the systems and then you encrypt and say, okay, hey, you, if you don't pay us the money, you see, we have all the information, we're gonna release it out there and monetize it anyway. So this is kind right. of an interesting way how things are uh, evolving when it comes to, to ransomware. And if you guys get this information, this flash, uh, I really advise you to go and, and read it because they give um, some, some, some more information on how to protect the, uh, the system. So Seth, if you wanna add some some a few words, how to protect the uh, systems uh, against ransomware, and then I'll add whatever is missing, and you know, then we'll switch to the to the next uh, subject. Um, well, one of the biggest things is the minimum. Well, we I think we and you have beat this uh, dead horse uh, or this horse to death uh, before when we've talked about preventative maintenance and preventative uh, uh, actions. Uh, you know, like making sure that your patching is up to date, making sure that all your, you know, the software that you're using, the, all the, the application updates are there, uh, making sure you're backing up, 
there's a lot of things like that. And then also have a hybrid approach to backups because I know people have been backing up and all they're doing is backing up the ransomware that's been sitting there for three months. And then when they restore, they restore the ransomware back. Uh, so there has to be some comprehensive uh, threat location or threat detection that's finding it, removing it for backups, things like that. So, but it is great to have a backup. And if you, you know, some people may have archival backups up to, you know, a couple of months. You know, some of these ransomwares have been sitting in your machine for two, three months. So are you backing up that far? Are you keeping backups that far? Most people aren't. Um, where, and, and they're not, they don't have a setup or they're not connected with a software that's actual threat detection of even the archived backups. So that's my biggest thing is, yes, keep doing the bare minimums. Now the next step is look for something that's going, uh, 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 a vendor that's going to do active threat uh, assessments and, you know, and, and location of your backups so that it can find, if so they find a new ransomware today, they'll look for it in your, in your, in your backups from three months ago to see if it still if it was there back then. So that's that's the recommendation I would give. Okay, I, I think uh, whatever you just said, uh, uh, great uh, recommendations. I would just uh, add a little bit uh, further and go deeper. So one of the keys about this specific answer, it's called also um, a PYSA ransomware. And also uh, the name Mespinoza, uh, also Mespinoza. So just uh, to give people a little bit uh, uh, some insight, and then about the what to do. So when you do uh, what the Seth just mentioning that uh, to do threat assessment, I would go and do what is called threat hunting, where you go actively and search for those. Um, activities and typically those activities can be small indications of a threat coming. It's not going to be somebody that come with a big hammer and pound on your back door, on your front door, trying to get in. They're going to sneak in through the email, uh, and this is something interesting because now we we have been hired by a, by a, an Israeli company to do uh, security assessment for the uh, email system. But not only the email, but actually test their ability to detect ransomware. And we did our own, own testing on our environment because we do also the threat hunting for our customers. And we saw what kind, so we wrote the ransomware, the simul simulation. And the simulation is not just only sending the email. You go all the way to the end where you click on those uh, PDF files or those Word documents and execute the code behind those and see what happens. And you may be very surprised that your team won't, won't be able to detect it because those signs are very, very small. There are teeny, teeny bytes that going um, to your computer, being delivered to the computer, and a, a standard antivirus solution won't be able to detect it. So this is just to give a... Uh, uh, a, a little bit uh, um, an insight, and of course, Seth, Seth said about backups, have multiple backups. It's always good because those backups are being targeted by those uh, ransomers, by those uh, threat actors. They're looking for the data and extract and delete the backups. 
and also if you have uh, a, you know Windows keeps a, uh, a, a snapshot they're gonna go and delete those snapshot so there's different things that those ransomware actors are trying to get so pay attention to those uh, items so let's switch gears to Microsoft Exchange okay this has been going on like uh, maybe two weeks already um, and we uh, have notified, we have actually one customer that is using on-prem exchange. Once we got this um, a alert, we alerted the customer and said, okay, there is a patch. First, you should know that there is something going on. And the second thing is there is a patch, go and install the patch. And yesterday I, I spoke to the customer and said, thank you very much for letting us know. And interestingly, they said, we're going to move from on-prem exchange to Microsoft Office 365. So I have some, something to say about moving to Office 365, although I understand the reason. Might be a few reasons. So what's your take on, on the exchange uh, ransomware threats going on? Well, a lot of it comes back to uh, it's on-prem and they, it's connecting in, uh, it, based on what I remember, it, it's, it's a, the ransomware is coming in based because someone allowed it to come in. And if they're not doing any threat detection or monitoring or, and I think there was a big discussion that it doesn't even leave a footprint or any type of anomalies, anomalous action when it, it actually starts coming into the system. It actually comes in very slowly. So even some of the modern threat detectors prior to this couldn't figure find it. Uh, so um, the guy, they're getting smarter. They're just not coming in and trying to load 30 things in one minute and getting caught based, you know, CPU usage and all these different threads and, they, you know, getting, you know, spiking. So they are learning and slowly, you know, trickling. It's almost like they say boiling the frog before the frog knows. Yes. So a lot of this this ransomware is coming in so slowly that the NDRs, EDRs, no one is detecting them. Um, now that they have signature or types of okay. actions to look for, now they can detect them. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing is, is just so you know that this is only for on-prem exchange, which is actually getting a lot smaller and mostly bigger corporations. Um, it's not happening to the cloud-based uh, I, uh, 365 uh, servers. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be so sure about that it's not happening to the Office uh, 365 users because in the end of the day, Microsoft are using the same engine, the same exchange server behind the scenes. It's not that they're um, using something else. Not that, well, that was a debate. That's a debate that we had the other day. We were talking about it. Um, is that the the cloud-based uh, email server is not uh, a, you know, uh, a version of the regular on-prem server, that this is a totally separate type of built server for, uh, for cloud, that the, the internals are not the same, so it's not going to affect it the same. Okay. So that's what the, we had a large debate on that. And okay. So, um, it it might be, way, if, yes. If, if that is true, but let's say, you're, well, to your point, if it is, then we have to still treat them the same. We'll treat them all the same regardless. So we, we don't, you know, we don't the, drop the, our guard. Yes, that, that's my point. This is exactly the point. I had the uh, other few customers that came and, you know, people send me uh, 
those alerts by email, customers say, hey, well, well, what are we doing? Do we need to do anything? One even said, sent me an email, say, what about what's going on with the Office 365 hack? I said, Office 365 hack? What is he talking about? And then I replied just to make sure, uh, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the on-prem exchange or are you talking about something else? They said, yeah, yeah, the on-prem exchange. I said, well, you're using Office 365. It probably doesn't, it's irrelevant to you. However, I said, you need to do your due diligence, meaning you need to go and harden the Office 365. And I had a conversation with, uh, with another customer the other day and said, you're using Office 365. In, in this case, they're using another company. Uh, I forget the name. I think uh, GoDaddy maybe or another one. And I said, you don't have enough security uh, measures when using this kind of provider. I would recommend you to switch over to Office 365 and migrate over there but also make sure you get all the additional security features that you get with Office 365. Now, one thing is to get the Office 365 features, you need to activate them, and not, not only to activate them, you need to do threat hunting there as well. And this is not enough, you need to harden the Office 365 installation. Because in the end of the day, it comes in the default and you need to change the, the defaults. Anything else in security needs to change the defaults. And this is something that uh, everybody should know. Uh, they are talking about cloud and like, I'm not so exact, excited, um, so happy and exact, excited about the um, cloud services. Because from my perspective, cloud brought more vulnerabilities and more problems than we had before. And this is my, my personal opinion. I don't know if you agree with that or anybody else can agree or understand what I'm saying. But, you know, this is my idea. And with the Exchange server, apparently 30,000 and more um, companies were affected by, by this uh, by this uh, ransomware, uh, it's called Crypt A or Dear Cry. So, you know, this is just for you guys uh, to know what's going on with that. And now we're gonna continue with the same item with uh, Microsoft again investigating a possible leak of Exchange Server proof of concept. So this is again goes to the uh, exchange uh, vulnerability. Apparently Microsoft had a code. Uh, they had a proof of concept of this kind of vulnerability. They were hacking themselves, maybe, or somebody mm -hmm. developed that code, that proof of concept, that POC, and used that in order to check their exchange servers and then develop all the tools mitigation tools and, and all the patches later on that they introduced uh, over the past two weeks. So this is something interesting that they are now investigating their partners, thinking maybe that somebody had actually leaked that information. So th that's interesting. Well, do you think this is part of, and I know I've heard multiple sides of this, but I have an inkling that this might be part of that whole FireEye solar wind hack and it just took a while for Microsoft to realize that they were vulnerable also. It, it might be, and still Microsoft, actually, I heard another, another uh, podcast, some, somebody saying that Microsoft admitted that they are a target for a nation state. 
they are being uh, directly directly being attacked by nation state, is possible China, possible Ru Russia, and I yeah, wouldn't rule that I, out. I, I don't know if it's really connected to the exchange situation. It might be, because let's say if solar winds, because one of the things that solar winds mentioned in the uh, advertisement that they said that they were uh, emails were exposed. I'm wondering if they were using on-prem exchange, and this is, might be the case because maybe it's a bigger company and they would prefer to use uh, on-prem exchange. Maybe they are now switching to Office 365 or to another vendor or I don't know, whatever they, they want to do. But this is maybe it's related. Who knows? Uh, you know, this is uh, your, your estimate is better as mine or, you know, the viewers. Right. Yeah, it's it's you know I know with the the solar winds is, issue um, there were some there were some inkling that somehow a lot of this had to do with some type of vulnerability in exchange and that's how a lot of this got the ball rolling with the whole solar winds and then supposedly also that there were some tools that FireEye um, had been utilizing and using as exploits that was were were exposed because FireEye lost those tools. So that was the other foot that I heard about that it's either one or the other or a combination of the two that is why, you know, it took Microsoft a couple of weeks to realize or to validate, hey, yeah, we're vulnerable and we need to put this uh, um, mailer out, you know, we need to put this bulletin out to let people know. Right. So that, that's what we're hearing. But, you know, if, if, if that is true, um, and, and the fact that they're a target for nation states, I think we figured that out a long time ago. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I think all the big boys, Intel, Microsoft, you know, Cisco, any of the big boys, you know, Apple, all of them are targets for nation states in one it, way or another. Yeah, I, even Twitter. Anybody is, is right. actually a target. Right. And, and specifically when you have valuable information. And also if you think about the supply chain, right? when you can spread to many directions all at the same time, but you start with one point because you know that you are counting on the delivery system that the supply chain has already in place and then you spread. You don't need to go now to each target and spread your, your threat. You just publish at one point and poof, everything goes to all the directions. So this is kind of the, um, the subject and let's move to Google with Chrome. They publish another fix for zero day. What, what do you know about that? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. None of that surprises me when I hear that. It's like, oh, did you hear about X? I probably didn't hear about that specific one. But, you know, you know it's like whatever you're reading, I might have read one from three weeks ago because this is something that always comes up. Where you know there's always going to be an exploit or some type of issue that someone finds when you have a thousand people or a million people looking at the code of a few thousand, they're going to find problems. You know, and that's what we're dealing with. You know, Google has a few thousand coders. You know, and then you have the rest of the world looking at their code for problems and exploits. So it, it's. Uh, it's not surprising, and I don't know specifically which incident you're talking about, but uh, you can enlighten me on this one if 
and let's see if I know about this one also. Well, apparently, from what I see here, they they disclosed um, a months ago, many months ago. I don't know how many months ago, but a month, I mean, many months ago. And then they said that the issue uh, is fixed in the most recent version of Chrome on stable channel for desktop, meaning Windows. And it's 89.0.4369.90 for Windows, yeah, Mac, that. and Linux, uh, yeah, which will roll out over the coming days, weeks. And it says it fixes four additional vulnerabilities. So who knows? Uh, we're talking about the rendering engine. Again, when, when uh, so, so let, let me explain a little bit to, to the viewers, people that don't understand exactly what's going behind the scenes. So when you visit the website and you browse the website, the client, the Chrome, makes a connection to the server, fetching all the data from the server. And then there is an engine behind and scene that what it does is what is called rendering the information that has been retrieved from the server and then display it on the screen. In that engine, they had those uh, uh, zero-day uh, vulnerabilities and, and other those uh, four uh, additional vulnerabilities that they we just uh, talked about. Right, and I'm looking at it right now. So they released uh, an, uh, a zero-day fix on March 12th, and then they came back and said, wait a minute, we have a third uh, fix that we have. <laughs> so and it said, we fixed, we fixed two things. And then, oh, wait a minute, we found a third thing. So that's pretty much what's going on is, wait a minute, we, we also found a third thing along with that that we want to patch. So that's why, you, you know, when your gal is explaining, hey, there's a vulnerability, yeah, we all knew about that, but now they're saying, hey, we found a third one that we're <laughs> going to fix on top of that. So sometimes, like I said, sometimes you, heard, you may have heard about the first one, you didn't hear about the second one. So it's like... <laughs> Oh, this is new news. No, it's not technically new news. They're just going through. It's not a new exploit or a new problem. They're just finding out issues with the problem they already found. And they're saying, hey, we found one more solution or fix that we believe will resolve this situation. You yeah. know, so. Again, who knows with, with, with them and those big companies, big tech companies, they. Right. I, I don't know if we have a full transparency here. In order to protect, no, they are they are showing that they are trying to do some sort of uh, transparency, but I don't know how full is the transparency. Maybe they know more than they are willing to tell us, but who knows? And we need to do our yeah. due diligence, and and this is why we do those uh, podcasts. By by the way, for for the viewers here. Um, and what about uh, Chrome, um, Google's um, lawsuit where they they the, they basically the judge said they could, the lawsuit could continue. Uh, and the lawsuit specifically about incognito mode, that they were actually monitoring you and, and collecting data while you were in incognito mode. <laughs> it's just supposed to be, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that incognito mode, but they did anyway. Ah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is uh, the, the, this is the this is right. new for me. Oh, th thank you for bringing yeah. this. Uh, it's a <laughs> <laughs> so the, the judge said no, the case can go through. You, you know, if I'm telling you this is a safe mode or a mode where you're shadow on the internet and you guys are collecting data, then you're, you're not, you're, you're, it's like, it's, it's a, you're, what is it, where it's like a bait and switch, you're telling me it's one thing and it's another, 
And, yes. And so, or, or you're, you're basically lying to me saying, hey, you're invisible, but you're not invisible, you know? Well, uh, you know, I, I already suspecting about Chrome and always I'm thinking, okay, maybe we should write our own browser, knowing that whatever we have there is going to be safe because it's not going to be monitored from all those information, from all this data collection. This is just amazing me every time. And thank you for bringing this. I, I think it's very important. <laughs> Uh, so you, got, you have to go with the guys, uh, the, the software developers that have shown that they're like brave. There's a few of them out there that don't collect data. They make you not. They allow you to be anonymous on the Internet or set up your own anonymizers. There's a lot of ways to be anonymous on the Internet. It's not just going to, you know, the easiest way to go to Google and click a button. And now we're realizing that it's not true. You click a button and say I'm invisible, but everybody in the room could technically see you. You know? Yes, uh, and and this is uh, one one of the things that uh, uh, with uh, big tech companies that really bothers me, and goes back to the point that I brought earlier. We don't have full transparency with them, so when they say, "Oh, we don't collect information," assume that they are collecting the information. That's it. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a, uh, and, and that's why it brings me again to the case. I said, "You don't want to let me create our own browser." But then, you know, you have compatibility issues or whatever. I think it's worth maybe uh, looking in the future to do such thing and, and feel a bit safer. I mean, this is one thing that we can do in order to improve well, our privacy on the Internet. Well, when, when Tor first came out, and, 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 and it's funny because one part of the government is showing people how to hide themselves, and another part of the government is trying to stop them from doing that, which is yes. funny. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it was it's different eyes. Everybody was at different, because a part of the, com the country, uh, part of the company, the, the, the country, the government, but let me say the government, uh, put out tour so that people in other countries that are being disenfranchised and, and, and they're being targeted and, and for whether it's religion, whatever reason, we were giving them a means so that they could communicate to the world. And we were giving them a means that they can get around the blockage, you know, or any type of government censorship. But then the CIA was like, we don't like that because then we can't read what these people are doing or where they're coming from or we can't find them. So then the CIA and other agency NSA were trying to stop TOR from working well. So it's just weird how one end of the government and the other are at odds. One is trying to keep you from, you know, getting exploited, and the other one is like, hey, we want to know everything you're doing. Right, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's it's crazy. Uh, so, so I'm going now again to ransomware because uh, Buffalo Public Schools cancels classes due, due to the ransomware attack. Uh, this is happening in Buffalo, uh, New York. So I don't mean to laugh at that. I don't mean to laugh at their particular flight. I, I, I laugh because it's like, you know, if there has to be a mechanism within the school systems or any in business, if you look at certain businesses, there may be a ransomware, but business continues to do business, right? You know, Microsoft goes through whatever they do, other companies, but for some reason, the school gets hit with a ransomware and then they close the school down. Yes. How is that going to affect the teacher giving instruction to the, ch to the children? I don't know. So um, I, I, I just think just plat poor planning on their part. It's like, do I need 
you know, my computer to be able to give instruction to the kid? Or can I take out a piece of paper and write down like they used to? Uh, who's there and who's not there and import that later? It, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Okay, so with that, let's switch gears to... Oh, again, guess what? We are going back to exchange. Uh, some exchange server victims have multiple backdoors installed. Are you surprised? I am surprised. <laughs> don't, don't forget to smash the table. I'm not surprised. I'm and surprised, man. Yeah, yeah, I know you're not surprised. Okay. <laughs> And one more day and one more hack, you know, it's like, you know, and then, I'm, you know, I know, I don't know if you see the, um, there was an article that came out today that ransomware is soaring, that it's like, it's an, an all time high. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 I know you and I disagree on times, but I think we agree a lot. No, of we don't. Is, no, we don't disagree. We always agree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, my thing is, is I think we agree, disagree on minutia. I don't. I think overall we agree. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is you know, the a lot of the problems we're having, and I keep saying it, it's poor laziness and 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 IT. The way they're doing it in IT, it's poor training, poor policy, poor accountability. This is why it's rising, and then the fact that people are home, they're more lazy, and that's the problem. We got lazy engineers out there. <laughs> uh, so you lazy engineers move the mouse faster move the mouse faster rant. and faster and faster that, that, that's, that's our uh, our uh, recommendations I would say uh, okay well, so I, I have well, I, 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 just as a post-mortem a lot of these things when they go back and look at it when they look at it you know why did this happen how did this happen you know what you know what I remember years ago when I was a consultant with Johnson & Johnson and they used to do post-mortem, you know, post-outage review on anything that happened. If you were doing something and there was a, uh, some catastrophic failure, they would always investigate. And it would be like, okay, was it a policy problem? Was it a procedure problem? Or was it, you know, a user problem? And they would go through and then they would come out with recommendations on, okay, the user didn't do X, Y, Z. He didn't do this. They didn't do the checklist. He didn't follow this. Or the checklist was out of date. They would go through that process, and then people would try to rectify it. Right. I haven't seen that in a while. Maybe these reports and things are going on, and I know they're being shared. But are people actually doing anything about it? And that's the biggest problem. And I think that's where we run into problems where you hear owners of smaller business go like, ah, I'm not worried about it. I just got to make money. <laughs> and this is why we're... This is why the problem is on the rise, and everybody's like, oh my God, there's more boogeymen. No, there's not more boogeymen. You people are leaving the door open for the ones that are out there. So I keep ranting on that, and I'll keep ranting on it because it's a pet peeve that everybody keeps saying that there's more boogeymen, and I don't believe there's more boogeymen. I just think <laughs> you're making it easier for them. Oh, yes, for sure. Yes, you just say, okay, Mr. Berkeley, here is the door. Thank you. You just turn, turn the knob and enter. That's it. You're inside. Exactly. You're welcome. Should I serve you coffee? Maybe you want some, some something exactly. to eat? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you I see, we do, we, we do agree. We do agree. For a change. Well, but I think, 
think that's one of the biggest things that we need to let people know, that a lot of the times, yes, there are boogeymen out there. Yes, there are people out there that are breaking in and for different reasons going after small business. And yes, they are very good. But we have to protect from the 98%, not the 2% that are real good that will get in no matter what you do. Exactly. If we protect from the 98%, then we, then, then we're, we're, you know, we can live our life in peace. You know, because the 2% are not going to go after the mom and pop shops. They're going after the corporations. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. I, I agree with that point. And not necessarily because even those 2% that will go after the small guys because it's much easier to get in in order to use them as a jumping point to right. other places. So, right. yes, that, 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 that is correct. But still, all those mom and shops and all those small companies, even a 50-employee company, even 20-employee company, they need to do something about it. So this is kind of interesting. So um, I'm again with the, with the exchange. What, are you surprised that I'm still with the exchange? No. <laughs> so they say multiple threat actors are exploiting chain server vulnerabilities. Woo! Um. I'm too, I'm too uh, upset to even speak. <laughs> so he, he, here's, the, here's the key. And one of the things that I keep hearing, that only they're accusing only Russia, right? When you hear about those, oh, Russia, the Russia, the Russia, Russia, the Russia collusions, I'm touching a little bit politics, but not too much. And here it says, well, many of the groups have ties to China. Ooh, wow, really? I didn't think so. Oh, so what happened to Russia? They disappeared? Oh, they don't exist. Okay. Guys, it's no, Russia it's, and it's, China. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a flavor of the month. Look, we know that the Iranians do it. We know that the, the Russians do it. We know that the, the Chinese do it. And then within the government, there's multiple agencies and groups doing it. Then you have private organizations that are mercenaries that work for anyone that'll pay them, you know? And, right. and, and, and so, you know, so when they say, well, it's the Russians that did this, are you sure it's not the Russian or the mercenary group that the Russians may have hired to do that thing? And then next month they're working for the, the Chinese and then you're like, well, that was the Chinese. No, it's the same group. So, and, and I know that they throw a lot of money at this. You know, billions of dollars get thrown at this by these nation states. And, and we're responsible for this too, but we're not innocent. We're out there exploiting and breaking into other countries and, you know, and doing the same thing that they're doing. Um, it, you know, our government is doing the same thing. It's just, a lot of times, am I surprised? No. It, 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 uh, they, when they attribute it to one country, do I believe it? No, because it could be somebody else. It could be somebody pretending to be the Russians. You know, it could be a guy who might have worked for the Russians and then went on his own. Now he wants to get back at the Russians and blame them for everything. Yes. You know? So yeah, uh, yeah, again, perfect. yes, and and again, uh, I agree with you for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just whether or not who did it, I think it's irrelevant lately. It's like I think we just yeah. need to protect. Like I don't really care which burglar or which race of burglar or type of burglar comes into my house. Let's just stop the burglars. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, and this is this is really one of the things that really puzzles me when you go about security certifications. Always talk about who's the who's who's the actor. Uh, if it's a script kiddies, if it's a 
uh, black hackers uh, or I don't know, uh, crackers or whatever, all those names that they give to all those um, guys behind the keyboard and the mouse. And I said, is it really matters who's behind the keyboard? Because I want to know, because I want to know what will be the impact. Okay, I need to know how that uh, those activities will affect my information, my ability to function. Is if, if it's a script kiddie, maybe, but still those effects, this this kind of a uh, uh, activity and the impact is it can be the same as as a nation state. Maybe I'm just right. throwing out there. Um, it is really important, really critical to know the differences between uh, those who do those from, from uh, other alternative uh, uh, motives or are they uh, because activists or they are, you know, all those names. I don't know. Uh, the effect is going to be, the impact is probably going to be the, uh, uh, um, probably the same. Okay. Right. And I think one of the biggest things is, I think we, we have levels of type of hackers or their, you know, their competencies and what they're looking for and what their goals are. Some people are out for money. There are groups that are out just for money. That's where the ransomware comes in. There are groups looking for information. That's where the intelligence agencies and the nation states. And there are groups that just want destruction. And that could be nation states and it gets into politics of people who don't well, like Well, uh, uh, yeah, nation state not necessarily looking to, uh, to uh, uh, destroy they well, they, they do they do here. yeah they they do it in order well they have different motives and they can do it in order to steal information in order you know there's a big war now that nobody talks about and this is the financial war between America and China who's going to lead it because the US is obviously losing the battle almost in China they are biting our ass and they are thinking, oh, what to do, how to do. You need to do something very active about the, Chin about the Chinese. You can't let them just bite us because it's not going to do. Because, you know, and again, I'm touching on politics. It's going to, you know, hurt us. And the politicians don't do enough. So this is some of the things that... The yeah, but most of them don't know how to turn on a computer. So how can we ask them for help? You know, <laughs> when, when, when they had... when. Uh, when, what's it, when, when, when they had the guys go up in the Congress uh, for Facebook and the Twitter, they didn't even know what questions to ask them. They were asking them stupid questions, like irrelevant questions. So how yes. can I expect a bunch of people who can barely turn on their phone to, to give any cogent <laughs> response or, uh, or que and even just come up with a question? So they look to their young aides who, and no disrespect, but most of them aren't technical. You know, yes. just because, you know, oh, I, I, I know how to do a PowerPoint presentation doesn't make you technical. You know, right. you know right. we, we, hear, we hear that all the time. Oh, my kid has been working with computers since he's eight. Yeah, he's good on computers. Right. That's what you're going to let your business be taken care of by. Okay. Um, so it's like the reality is, is no one knows or no one knows how to respond. And we're not going to the experts and say, look, how should we respond? If you're saying they're a threat then tell us, go to Facebook, how can we respond? Everybody's worried about what Facebook, you know, is blocking or not blocking versus saying, hey, look, can we get your technical expertise on what should we do and respond to these people? Right. Now, we could just get their ideas. I think they have a lot of ideas. Uh, we don't have to agree with how they, you know, do their internal policies or how they operate their business. 
But I right. think we have a huge bunch of corporations, Microsoft, you know, and, and, and in this last, and we just got to point out, in this last issue, this incident with SolarWinds, we did see companies come to the forefront to try to protect us. FireEye, Microsoft, and there's a few other companies that literally came to the front and did things to try to protect us and to protect right. the government and a few and agencies out there, other companies. And we saw them do it. So it's like, okay, can we get a way to make them, to, to find, make them do that more often? Is there an incentive to make them, you know, that our safety is, is, is something that they should put as a priority, giving them some type of incentive to do that? Because we can't get the politicians to do it, so that we have to find incentive for places like, you know, Microsoft and the rest of them to do it. Obviously, their incentive was originally is they didn't want to look like they were unaware, and obviously it makes them look like idiots, but Microsoft did do well with the solar winds incident, and so did FireEye. Um, because so they, 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 knew, they knew to begin with that they are probably, their software was, was used and was vulnerable to this uh, uh, active right. actor, and that's why they, they decided to jump in because in the end of the day, it's going to help them. And not to say I'm not critiquing why they did it. I understand because they did because they want to. They want to watch themselves and want to protect themselves. And obviously, and it's it's obvious business, reasons. No doubt. It's no, right. Yes. 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 Okay. So you know, we're still in vulnerabilities. Are you surprised? F <laughs> five issues updates to fix seven big IP flaws. Uh, four are critical. It reminds me that they had other vulnerabilities a while ago, like six months ago, I, I think. Um, so if one of the viewers are using F5 solutions, big IP, uh, make sure to update them. You know, you can go to their website and make sure that those are updated. So we, again, we continue with vulnerabilities. See, but let me just point out one thing, you know, and I had a discussion with somebody not too long ago about this. Okay. When people say, well, all these major issues, oh, it's a Cisco issue. It's a, uh, we just said F5, they're a major networking company. You have all these different companies and people are like, well, how does, that doesn't affect me. Well, it does. Because as a small business, you're, 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 you're buying services from other companies who may use that. You know, exactly. you're buying services from other companies who are behind those type of things. So even if you're a small company buying from a small company, their their services are hosted somewhere that's a big company right and so those things do matter so whether it's microsoft or office or you know you know you don't know where your product is being hosted is it amazon web is it on azure is it you know is it somewhere else you have no idea right. so when an exploit happens what you know you have to be making sure that you're careful and you're doing your due diligence and sending an email hey does that have anything to do with us? Is there something we should be worried about? That's what your IT people should be in a sense discussed with discussing with your vendors. Well, so that's just my point. Okay, I think those are good good points that that you just mentioned right here. Okay, and then we are switching to uh, Verecada surveillance cameras breached. Have you heard about this? Yes, yes, that's a big <laughs> one. And one of the reasons I know that is. Um, there's actually going to be a couple of cases that are coming out of that because um, they, they put out these videos from government, you know, from different large co uh, corporations, stuff like that. But one of the sets that got dumped was from a jail 
and there's actually video of jail jailers abusing uh, the prisoners, and that video would have never got out because of this. Wow. Okay. So even even something good uh, comes out out of um, this kind of bitches. Okay. So you know, uh, apparently it says that. 150,000 Verikada surveillance cameras were breached. Okay. Uh, after admin account credentials were found on the internet. How the admin account did, did That's they, they didn't change the, the, the default? They didn't change the default or they, they kept, you know, the password. Look, and I think we, you and I have talked about password management a long time ago. A lot of these problems is. Is, and here's it, statistically, people that use the password at work is the same password they use at home. So if if the password from their Netflix gets breached, <sighs> there are groups out there that all they do is take your username, password, and go to every bank, go to every company, and they try multiple variations of it to see, oh, Joan works at ABC. Let's see if this is the same password she uses at ABC. Let's see if this is the password she uses for ABC's bank account or ABC's marketing software. Most likely, most likely, and nobody using uh, different accounts and different passwords uh, for all those services that they are using. And we, we know no that already. No yeah. Well. Right, no, st the statistics uh, po pointed out that people use the same password at home that they use at work. There are a lot of statistics on that. Hi. Okay. Well, what can we say? Okay. So you know what they, they did? They decided to disable all internal administrator accounts. This is, was their um, a mitigation that they took. Uh, I don't they, know. They, they could have checked. Yeah, I think when we went with SolarWinds, you know, SolarWinds one two three four, and then uh, the last <laughs> batch of passwords that came, that came out was like password one two three four. So. I guess if it resolves that problem, I think you got like me and you can find a way to come up with a company that will get people to manage their passwords. We can become billionaires. But I mean, really manage their passwords. Uh, I agree with you. Again, I don't know what we're going <laughs> to do about it. I don't know what we're going to do actively about it, but I, I do agree with, with you again. Uh, so let's switch to whoa. Smart meters, IoT devices. Uh, Schneider releases updates to address flaws in certain smart meters. Okay, so now IoT, woohoo, text and use, right? Well, what do you have to say about it? Well, let, let's, let's put this in context. Most people don't understand IoTs are all over your house. You know, you have your, you know, your little Google Nest hubs, you got your Alexa hubs, you got your little thermostats, your, you know, your irrigation stuff, you have all these different things in your house, your lights, these are called IOTs. And so that's why when they say they're exploited, this is because a lot of times they're exploiting the controllers, they're exploiting the hubs that are out there. So this is why you have to be careful here. You know, your thermostats, some of the, these things are maybe at the corporate level, but they do trickle down and work into the homes where people could get into the cameras in your house because of that which I think last year, the year before, someone's able to do that anyway, so. Okay. Uh, I won't add anything about that. I think you, you got it in, in the right place. Uh, you know what? I want to add something about it. So about uh, IoT, uh, it's not something new. It's about combination, taking uh, software, 
that can manage a piece of hardware that does something, and that piece of hardware can send information to cloud services or any kind of application, if it's on the phone, it's on a computer, it doesn't matter where it is, it's not uh, something new. If you look at your printer, your printer is considered to be IoT. The right. camera that you are using, it's IP, right? You either connect it through Ethernet cable or you're using a wireless in order to connect the camera. It's still IoT device. And it's more about that you have hardware, but inside the hardware, you have a software that runs this device. I can say a computer is also IoT because it does the same. It's got an IP, it's a hardware, it has a software, it connects to the internet, it does all those things. It's still an IoT. Everything is IoT. I don't know what's a, what's a IoT. Uh, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Okay, so with that, let, let's... Break it up a little. Yeah, I know we have some, some internet issues here, so, uh, um, oh, okay. If you are using QNAP, anybody knows what's QNAP? QNAP NAS, a uh, network attached uh, a device that allows you to share data, do backups, and it basically sits on your network. And this is what probably some of you are using in order uh, you know, share information. It's like a server. It, it is a server. It's IoT device, by the way. Uh, it's like Synology, if you have Synology. Some people are using Synology, which is almost the same, but a different company. Uh, and then the interesting thing about QNAP that is being actively targeted with the crypto mining malware. Crypto mining? Ooh, make some money. Bitcoins, Ethereum. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that, and most people don't realize. I know a lot of guys want to go, or they want to manage their own backups. Um, and the thing is, is if they get a hold of your QNAP or your Synology and lock it down with a with a ransomware, they're not going to be able to restore anything unless you have a cloud-based backup. Um, you're screwed. Well, no. unless, you, unless you have a backup, and, and there, there are solutions. So one of the solutions that we represent is a, what is called one-way data transfer. That what it does, it separates one network from another network by using a fiber optic. So let's say I have a, a NAS that I'm backing, backing up all the data to the NAS, and let's say I want to create another backup. So I'm going to create another backup, but what will separate between the two the QNAP and my additional backup is going to be this uh, diode that will sit there and will only allow data to go only flow only one direction. And that one is completely separated off the network, so nobody can see it. So this is kind of a solution that you can do or use a cloud backup, if you will. I don't know, uh, let's say uh, Dropbox or any kind of uh, cloud solution like uh, Amazon or, or other services. Um, so apparently what it says here, uh, let me skim it. Uh, okay, so this is back in October 2020. Uh, the researchers uh, who found the issues noticed the attacker customized the program by hiding the mining process and the real CPU memory resources usage information. So technically you don't know that uh, your QNAP is being used by hiding the information to show you something else. Um, and they use it over the web management interface that many of us are using web management. 
and but they didn't see any kind of abnormal system uh, uh, behavior. So this is, you know, you need to update the framework in short. They had uh, the latest update back in October 2020. So make sure you update your Q and app as soon as you can. And let's see what we have on the menu here. Uh, I think, okay, I think we're done with all the, Okay, anything that you have on your mind that we want to talk about, um, please so, share it. So now, so now we uh, talked about all the things people should be scared about. So what, what, what should we talk about to make them feel better? <laughs> One thing is that we do those uh, podcasts in order to help people to... Uh, uh, increase the awareness. I think what we should uh, do more is increasing the awareness and, and this is the reason we are having those uh, uh, podcasts uh, we had before and now we're having this one and I'm sure in the future we'll, we'll hold more uh, uh, those kind of uh, podcast sessions because I think it's very important to bring everything that we discussed and things that we will discuss in the future uh, to anybody who's listening and willing to learn and do something and be uh, a doer, not just being so passive about it, but taking action and do something about it. And the simple stuff is that patches, run those patches. You know, Chrome now is having that on the toolbar. It says update now. Click the update. It will relaunch all the browser with all the tabs are open and will update the, the, the Chrome. You don't need to restart the computer, which is great. Um, and then update the, the operating system, change the defaults, change the passwords, do all those basic things, and you'll be in a different position. Uh, and of course, uh, not to forget to mention backups. That definitely will help you know, uh, all the rest of us to be a little bit in a different place. Right, and and, and just so you know, um, and you know, we talk about these high-level technical guys and that. Um, I, years ago, I, I worked with a guy who was a former burglar, and he was a high-level burglar. He used to like rob like art galleries and things like that around the world, and he did a lot of high-level burglaries, and he would get beyond major technology and. He had mentioned that him and a partner tried to rob a mansion of a very wealthy person. And it wasn't the technology. Like, they were able to all the guys' technology. That's what okay. they couldn't get past. And what tripped them up and how they got caught was because they had a small dog that was yapping. <laughs> and that's how they got caught. Because of the of, so, of the of the dog being barking them, at them, there was a dog. Yeah, the little dog, the little, yeah, the little dog just wouldn't shut up. <laughs> okay, we have we have some internet difficulties. Our internet is unstable, so <laughs> they cut all those things. But the guy just picked up a cell phone, called the cops, and the property was so big that it, they couldn't get out of the property quick enough once they realized that the cops are coming. Aye, aye, aye. And so it, it goes to show you that something so simple as a yapper can really 
confuse and create problems for these high level Okay, again, we have unstable internet. Seth? We can trip them up just by doing the basics. Uh, you, know, you, you know what I see from your story? I see another point here. At least know that they're there. Look, you may not stop them, but at least you discover it. Because when they have months and months of time is when they're dangerous. Right. Uh, I, I want to add you know, something that I see. Okay. You hear what uh, I was yes, I heard because we have, we have a problem with the with the internet connection. It's not it's not so stable. I don't think it's a problem. Uh, the issue okay. with Zoom. It's our internet. I, I, I see another thing here, another point that I want to add, uh, and this is about security with layers, a, a layered security. So you mentioned this. They they had all this tech around them, but also they had another small dog over there they that was a, another layer of security is maybe it's not a big dog maybe mm -hmm. it's some but it's enough to do something and alert and this is what is called detection in action right and this is very important it's and, a keen security it was a, right and then if you really want to put it in, in proper context that dog was a passive monitoring device with an alert feature you know <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you know so that dog was a passive there's no way to turn it off it's really passive you know and right. it doesn't let you know that it's there until it starts yapping you know? <laughs> that, that. What is these layers like you were saying and I, don't, and I don't know if you caught part of what i was saying is if we do the basics and build on the basics password management making sure you're patching, making sure you do all these things and having the right proper policies and procedures and you start building those layers, you're going to know when you're attacked and you're, the time between your attack and the time of discovery becomes shorter so there's less damage and you can react quicker. Right. So we're talking about detection and remediation, right? right? To respond, right. have the ability right. to respond quicker in order to right. reduce exposure or reduce the impact uh, of uh, that specific attack. Okay. Right, because you know, a lot of the times it takes months before you even knew that they were there. Right, right. Well, I, I think the assumption these days is that it's, uh, it used to be uh, when you will be breached, now we need to assume, okay, I'm breached. Now what are we doing now? And this is the message right. that I want to uh, maybe want to conclude this uh, session. So another another thought that you want to conclude uh, before we finish this uh this uh, podcast yeah, I think, yeah and i think that's the next podcast we could talk about we can make note of that is i think you know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when are you you know what do you do when you're in the middle of it what is it that you need to do and i think that's something we can come and talk about next time it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and when you're in the middle of the fire what do you do and how do you respond and proper planning can get you out of it Right. No, I think that's, uh, that's, yeah, this is this is actually a good a good, uh, good subject that we can uh, discuss and develop it uh, until our next session. So with that, uh, I want to thank everybody uh, joining this uh, podcast. And uh, as always, please, uh, you can subscribe to our channel, uh, like it. If you don't like, it's okay. It's fine. And of course, uh, if you have any kind of information, ooh, let me move a little bit so you can see me like this. Oh, okay. Uh, 
make sure that if you want to contact us, uh, send us an email. Again, I'm going to post it again. Uh, phone number, email, website, however you want to contact us. Even if you want to put a, um, a messages below the, uh, uh, the movie, please uh, do so. Again, I'm going to put the contact information just for you guys to see. Uh, another few minutes and uh, of course like and subscribe if you don't like it it's fine too and I'm gonna finish this session by saying thank you and stop the recording Seth thank you very much for uh, joining the session I uh, wish you good and happy afternoon and I'm gonna stop the recording thank you take care Bye-bye.